Welcome to The Blueprint, the podcast for the world's visionaries and dreamers. I'm your host, Chika Chukudabello. Today's episode will be a treat for our film enthusiasts. For those of you who are familiar with the film festival circuit, a small indie movie made a big splash around this time last year at the Sundance Film Festival. The movie is called Dear White People, and our guest today is one of the visionaries behind the film. Lena Waithe helped to bring the movie to the big screen as a producer, but she's also honed her craft as a television writer working with talents like Mara Brock-Akeel and Gina Prince-Bythewood, and most recently as a writer on the hit TV series Bones on Fox. Lena knew early on that she loved television, so arriving at the decision to write for TV wasn't a stretch. I was always writing as a kid, and I think the desire, but I think I sort of put two and two together when it came time to go to college, really, because I loved watching television and I loved reading and writing. Uh, those were the three things I liked doing the most. <laughs> I just did. I would go outside here and there, but for me. Did you, when, did, when did you know you were going to try to go f- make a living at it? I knew it was real in college. I just knew that I really thoroughly enjoyed television and I would watch tons of hours, like, I mean, hours of television with my grandmother and I would analyze it and I would, you know, talk about it. And I think my grandmother could kind of see very early on that there was something extra there, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't know that I would be in the business. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are too young to remember some of the classic television shows of the 70s, 80s and 90s, many of these shows served as an inspiration for Lena. I, obviously, Cosby Show was huge, but Martin at Living Single, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, you know, Designing Women, uh, Golden Girls, Cheers was really great. Yeah. I'm also I love Old Head. I love old uh, sitcoms like Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rhoda, mm-hmm. Maude, mm-hmm. All in the Family, Jeffersons, mm-hmm. Good Times. Um, you know, Sanford and Son. It was a key conversation with one of her mentors, the writer-director, Reggie Rock Bythewood, that she realized whose career she wanted to emulate. The truth is, I remember having coffee with Reggie and him asking me, who do you want to be? Or what do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. And, and and I said to him, he said, who, who, if you had to model your career after someone, who mm-hmm. would it be? And I said, Norman Lear. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, and I said, because he really changed the face of television. Mm-hmm. And I think Reggie said it's so interesting because I think most people would have said Mara Brockett-Hill or Shonda Rhimes. He said, mm-hmm. but the fact that you said Norman Lear right. speaks to the fact that you want to have a, a, a certain scope that isn't just your voice, but you sort of want other voices to sort of right. come in in that picture as well. And it's true because I think what Norman did was he changed the tone of television. He, he kind of yeah, shook things up a bit mm-hmm. in, a, in a time when it was sort of unpopular to do so. Mm-hmm. Armed with these inspirations, Lena started studying her craft early on in college and attended Columbia College in Chicago. As part of her undergraduate experience, she had the opportunity to spend a semester in Los Angeles and loved it. It felt like home, so after graduation, she packed up her bags and moved to LA for good. But like many people looking to make it big in Hollywood, getting her foot in the door didn't come easily. When I moved, out here, I transferred my job from Blockbuster from Chicago to LA, but that's it. Like I didn't, and I also tell people too, you know, I had a sponsor when I came. I mean, my mom was paying my rent, she was paying my phone bill, mm-hmm. so I could like still be in school, work, you know, a job to, to pay like a little bit of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't able to start taking care of myself until I started working on reality television, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of newbies sort of find themselves in when they move out here, just because scripted is a very specific club. Mm-hmm. 
that you have to work your way into or unless you know somebody that's on a show you're not getting on a show that's scripted you have to work in reality because reality is everywhere it's right. abundant and they need cheap labor mm -hmm. so I was I would log uh, footage for the real world Australia wow. mm -hmm. um, and it paid enough money for me to pay rent and real pay my world bills. Australia mm -hmm. wow yep. Yep, and I did some some of the real world role rules challenges and uh -huh. stuff like that. I mean, Buna and Murray was like paying my rent and feeding me for like <laughs> three years and like Go and Murray. Then. Yeah, man. And uh, and then what happened was I eventually got I was but I was interning and working. Mm -hmm. I was interning during the day and logging tapes at night, and I was wow. interning at a uh, literary agency that rep television writers. And okay. the reason why I did that solely rep television writers was Captain mm -hmm. Staller. The reason why I did that was because I was hoping that I would go and, and they would like me so much that they would give me a job working for one of their clients. And mm -hmm. that's wound up. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and the, one of their clients happened to be, you know, running girlfriends at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, they needed a new assistant and the cabin Staller folks recommended me. Mm -hmm. I went interviewed for the job, got it that day and never looked back. Her hard work paid off and landed her a job working for the showrunner Mara Barkakil on her show Girlfriends. <laughs> and I was just like so happy to be there. Yeah. I, I still have a good work ethic, but even then I was younger and had more energy then. So mm -hmm. I would just like be walking everybody's dog. I was house sitting, like mm -hmm. anything you needed, like I do. And mm -hmm. I was just so happy and elated to be there. Lena went on to work for writer-director Gina Prince-Bythewood on the film Secret Life of Bees. This would be preparation to later produce her own film. The difference between winning and losing is, uh, you know, risk-taking, I think. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people don't want to take a chance mm -hmm. and i think i'm very blessed in that i could read a 264 page script that justin wrote many moons ago called two percent and say there's a movie in here the justin she's referring to is writer director justin simeon and the script two percent was later renamed dear white people in 2014 the film went on to win the special jury breakthrough talent award at the sundance film festival and in 2015 it won the award for best first screenplay at the Spirit Awards. Getting on a plane after rapping uh, uh, principal photography on uh, Dear White People. Mm. Uh, I'll never forget it. I remember like sitting on that plane. We like we were like, you know, sitting like in the front of the plane. I don't know if we. I think we upgraded to first class. We did. <laughs> and um, listening to Katy Perry roar. I'll repeat, whole way home wow. from Minnesota to L.A. Mm -hmm. And that was really a time where I was like, it felt like giving birth. It mm -hmm. felt like, you know, you, you hear women say when they, they give birth, like, if I can do anything, like, I, I birthed a child. Like, mm -hmm. if I can do that, like, what, I can get a job. Right. I can do this. I can do that, get a promotion. Right. So it was like, I, like, we we willed that experience to happen mm -hmm. when everybody else said no. And the town said, the town was like, this is, no. It's about hipster black people at an Ivy League school, mm -hmm. and they're dealing with, like, what it means to be black in 2014 like who wants to see that mm -hmm. like who's gonna pay to go? And, and and it was a you know it was a gamble but i was so proud of it i was proud of the work justin did i was proud of the the way we came together as mm -hmm. first-time producers i was proud of the actors the you know i was proud of how far that script had come mm -hmm. from where it began mm -hmm. i was proud of us getting on a plane and going to minnesota and being there for like right. freaking you know six you know six weeks we shot for 19 days so we were obviously there longer but mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we, you know, we made a movie and, um, and I knew that, and that was before Sundance. I was before editing it. It was just the act, the fact that we did it, mm -hmm. you know, and we were going home, mm -hmm. nothing better. 
And although she achieved this great accomplishment, she knows she still has more work to do. I never felt like it wasn't going to happen. I was always knew it was a matter of time. And I'm still really working. I think there's a lot of people that think, oh, I've made it or you made it. Or I'm like, well, I don't have a show on the air yet. That's my own, you mm-hmm. know. And that's not even making it. That's like, that's a step, mm-hmm. you know. Then I want to be able to, you know, to me, one, there's no it, there's no there there. But I think to me it's about like, having real uh power that Mm -hmm. you know often results in the green lighting ability and you know being able to say no Mm -hmm. and being okay financially like that's really like a place where you want to get to and that's Mm -hmm. what you don't get to until you know long into your career Mm -hmm. so the people that go oh you made it you doing it's like no being able to afford (laughs) a pair of red octobers is not like making it that just means like you know i hurt my pocket you know but so i was kind of people to know like i'm still on the journey i'm still Mm -hmm. running and still you know trying to get somewhere Mm -hmm. Red Octobers are sneakers for those of you who, like myself, had no clue. Lena's hard work is paying off, and today, although she works for herself, she has a team of representatives that includes an agent, a manager, and an attorney helping her make business decisions. Most of her team is male, and those calls can be intimidating. The biggest thing is when I'm on these calls um, is to really step up and to be a voice and not to be told what I'll be doing, but for me to, to pipe up and make sure I'm saying what we will be doing or mm-hmm. chiming in with what I think the next moves are. Um, so I'm talking to three men, mm-hmm. you know, and I think for me stepping up and owning my mm-hmm. role on that call and mm-hmm. saying, no, I don't think so. I think we should go this route. Or I think we should do this. Or I think this makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating because they'll go, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. We hear that. All right, we'll make that move. Mm-hmm. You sound like you've learned to trust your gut, whether it's about material or it's about your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Has that always been the case? Yeah, I mean, that's all we have as artists, is really. um, And, you know, I think I do trust it, and I try to go with my instincts. And and even being as a writer, that's what I'm following. As Mm -hmm. I'm writing, I'm like, okay, I think the character will say this, or I think the character will say Mm -hmm. that. The character wouldn't do that. The character would do this. So I spend my day and my life, like, trusting my gut and listening to myself. If you follow Lena on any of the social media platforms, you'll get a glimpse of her fabulous life and amazing fashion sense. But you'll also get a peek into how she connects with other budding writers. I think the biggest thing about me now is the mentorship that the roles have sort of been reversed. Even though I'm still mentored mm-hmm. by people, but now I've become the mentor, which is a very mm-hmm. unique position to be in. And it's mm-hmm. one I don't take lightly and it's one I take very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. I love helping budding writers i love seeing them shine i love seeing them grow i love hearing updates from them Mm -hmm. um it's very you know important that's i always talk about branding Mm -hmm. um but i want people to know that big part of my brand is mentorship Mm -hmm. and helping people and fellowship Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. to me it's really about like who am i helping right we know that not everyone listening can have lena as their mentor so we're going to give you a quick two-minute mini mentor session with lena right here Everybody wants to be a director. Everybody wants to be a star. Um, But the truth is, not everybody has what it takes. And all it takes is you being willing to work harder than everybody else. You honing your craft like like your life depended on it. Mm -hmm. And if you do those two things, Mm -hmm. eventually, you know, you're going to plant seeds that Mm -hmm. will sprout into beautiful trees and you'll be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So if you aren't great, don't be mad that you don't make it. And don't be mad the person that's mediocre is doing well because he may have more of a hustle. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a fan of people that have a hustle and don't hone the craft. Because mm. um, I see those people. Mm-hmm. They hustle, they get into a room, they have opportunities. 
and they're not making the most of them because there's mm-hmm. nothing I hate more than a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody gets a gig or they get an opportunity and I go like, you're not the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like where, you know, the guy who is like, if you're playing basketball and Jordan's over in the cut, he's open, but he's quiet. And the guy over there who can't shoot as good as he can is yelling and shouting, and give me the ball. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the industry passes the guy who's loud as the ball. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, but every now and again, Sometimes they'll see Jordan out of the corner mm-hmm. of their eye. And even though he's not yelling, mm-hmm. his hands are up. He's obviously free. He's got the shot. They'll pass it to you. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I want you to be Jordan, but I also want you to yell and shout and say, give me the mother- ball. Mm-hmm. But I want you to be ready when that time comes and you're in the right. clutch and you're open and you right. got the shot. Right. Because when you get that opportunity, this you want to make it. You right. want to make it at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. So just, that's, my, you know, that's my thing. It's like, you know it's always like that quote you see on instagram like work hard be humble it's like my thing is like hustle hone your craft and be great hustle hone your craft and be great we couldn't have said it any better share your hustle moves with us on twitter at show me blueprint be sure to include hashtag the blueprint in your tweets. That's it for this episode of The Blueprint. From The Blueprint show producer, Sonata Lee Narcis, and myself, Chika Chukudibelu, we want to encourage you to keep designing your blueprint. Tune in in two weeks for another episode where we'll hear from another visionary like yourself.